Amen. You may be seated. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for the ways that you have been at work among us, where, where we have seen new levels of light, where we have met you in increasing ways, where we have drawn closer to you and found that you have been drawing us far closer to yourself than we ever thought possible. We give you thanks and praise. It is to you and you alone who belongs all the glory, that belongs all the glory and all the credit. We honor you. May this morning be an honor to you. May this morning be a blessing to you as we share testimonies of the work that you have been doing. May all of these testimonies point back to Jesus and say, it was Jesus who met me. It was Jesus who's been at work in my life. It is Jesus who has been pulling back darkness and revealing light. We want to bless your name, Lord, because you alone are worthy. You are the light. We praise you, Lord. Thank you for revealing yourself. Thank you that you have shown us grace and mercy and did not leave us where we were. That's what that song was all about, Lord. We were in darkness, but you intervened. We were helpless, but you set us free. You are the one who is Savior. You are the one who is healer. You are the one who is Lord. And it's our joy and our privilege simply to respond to you as you, as you move among us, as you draw us closer to yourself, as you invite us in. Lord, I pray that we would, we would take those invitations this morning. I pray that as stories are shared of how you have been at work, we would say, that's for me too. I praise the Lord for what he has done in the lives of these people, but I, I am now asking for it for myself. Lord, I pray that that verse would be fulfilled among us, that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, that as we as we hear a testimony of Jesus and what Jesus has done, that it would become something prophetic for another person. It would become something where you speak into the life of another person and say, just as I did this over here, I will do likewise in your life. Lord, I pray that today would be a fulfillment of that, that you would see fit to glorify yourself in our stories. In Jesus' name, amen. We're not going to have a greeting time. We've got a lot of people who are going to be up on this stage today. So I, I simply invite you, please feel very free to make yourselves at home. And parents, if you want to grab activity bins or coloring um, as we're shuffling around here, feel free. Um, you guys know the drill. We're pretty easy with kids and noise and all of that. So I bless you to get up and get things for your kids. Feel free to send them back there and help them out with that. Um, we have a number of people who are going to be serving elsewhere this summer and or have some good things to be sharing with us this morning. And so I want to start by um, inviting up Sam and Kate. Is Sam here today? Sam's not here today. Kate is here today. Kate, can you come on up? You won't be the only one here for long. <laughs> I just got to grab my mic. Come on up. So both uh, Sam graduated from Lindsay Thurber this year, and Kate graduated from Thurber Gateway combined, right? So Sam is now going on to do, um, going to Briarcrest this year. Kate, where are you going this year? Um, I'm going to do, is this on? It will be on. We're good now? How do you turn it on? Let's take a look. <laughs> I'm often reminded of the McDonald's pin that I wore that says, I'm new and I'm trying. <laughs> Have patience with me. <laughs> Let's try that again. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do YWAM in Hawaii. You're going to do Hawaii, Wham in Hawaii. So Dallas, could you come up as well? Because you are also doing something similar, right? Yes. So what are you doing this year? I'm going to YWAM, Hawaii. Wow. 
They plan this independently too, apparently. So this is very cool. So we are going to be praying for for both our grads, so for Sam and for Kate. Um, And then Anna is also going somewhere this year. So Anna, do you want to come up? I'm sorry I'm calling you guys up one at a time. It's sort of like a game show, I guess. (laughs) So Anna is also going somewhere this year. So where are you going, Anna? I'm going to Thetis Island for Cape and Ray. Cape and Ray. Okay, so we got some we got some gap years here that are happening. So we've got a couple of grads and uh, a number of people now going on gap years this year. So Anna, Kate, Sam, and Dallas. So I, I had asked Sarah if she would come up and pray for just our, our our young people who are going on gap years and and just bless them for those who have graduated as well. We are we're just celebrating what God is doing among our young people. And so would you, would you offer a prayer of blessing? Absolutely. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you so very much um, for the ways that you move, for the ways that your spirit leads and guides and directs. And we thank you for all of these young people. We thank you for Dallas, for Kate, for Anna, for Sam. We thank you, Lord, that you have been leading and guiding in their lives. We've been able to, as a privilege as this church, to watch them grow to watch them um, develop in you, to grow deeper in their faith. And we thank you and praise you, Lord Jesus, that they are all stepping out um, into places where their faith is also going to be challenged, where their faith is going to grow. We think of um, Kate and Dallas as they're heading to YWAM and Hawaii. Um, We just thank you for that opportunity. And we know that you have amazing things in store for them. And I pray that you would be preparing them even now for their outreach, um, for the places in the world that they will be going to serve your people, to show your love around this world. I pray for their leaders. I pray for um, health and safety as they travel. Um, And we give you the honor and glory. We know that they're going to come back changed. And I thank you for Anna. I thank you for her desire to go deeper with you, to know you more. And I pray for her time on Thetis Island, um, for the kids that she'll be interacting with, for all of the other young people who are also striving and desiring um, to know you more. I pray that she would form friendships, bonds with other people that will last a lifetime. I pray that she would go deeper in her faith and that um, you would reveal those gifts and talents and abilities that she can share with the world to show your love to those around her. And I pray for her outreaches as well, um, that you would be preparing her even now. And for Sam, for our boy, um, I thank you that he's been given the opportunity to play volleyball, to do the sport that he loves in a place that is also going to grow him. Um, I pray for his teammates, that he would be able to form amazing godly friendships um, with his teammates and um, ones that, again, would last a lifetime. I pray that he would dig deep into you, that his faith would be pushed um, and challenged, and, um, yeah, that he would be a different person on the other side as well. We thank you for the ways that you, again, are leading and guiding and directing. We give these young people to you, because we know that you love them far more than we do, and you are taking care of them, and you have a plan and a purpose for them. And so, Lord, we, we offer them up to you, and we give you the praise and the glory for the amazing things that will take place, and the stories that they will share, and the lives that will be transformed. We give you the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Dallas, we'll let you have a seat. You guys stay up here. No, we're going to let you go as well, Sarah. Thank you. But could you send up Annika? Is Annika here today? So we're going to send up Annika and Lydia and then Jared and Jessica. And we will also give an honorable mention to James, who is also going to camp this this coming summer. So could you guys just take a moment and tell us where you're going and why you're doing it? All right. Hi, um, so uh, this year I'm going... This uh, is Jared. Yeah, I'm Jared, by the way. <laughs> and so I look, I help out volunteer at Golic Center. And so 
it's like I'm in a part of a three-year program and it's called LTD and what it stands for is leadership and discipleship training. And so I'm doing it because, well, I, I want to help others fall in love with Jesus and like grow and follow him and just be in his faith. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I'm doing this year. And um, usually like one thing with like all three levels is that we do like an out trip. So basically you just go out and hang, hang out with people like the same level as you and go do God's work. And so I'm going to level three and what we're doing is we'll help you out with uh, the mustard seed in Edmonton. So yeah, I just can't wait to do that. Cool. Thanks, Jared. This is Jessica. Uh, yes, I'll be doing the same thing as Jared this year. I'll be third, this third year in the program. And I'm just really excited to um, like reach out to the kids, get to learn about them and teach them about God. And I'm also really excited for this, the LTD week where we get to really like deepen our relationship with God and learn so many new ways to learn about him and to listen to him. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks, Jessica. So we'll just mention right here that James Arthur is also going to Gull Lake as well. He couldn't be here this morning. So the three of them together are going to be at Gull Lake. And then this crew is going to be going to Camp Caroline. So could you guys each tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing? So this year at Camp Caroline, uh, I'll be more of like a support role, and which does many different jobs. Um, like helping around the camp and assisting counselors when needed and assisting cabins as well. Okay. Thanks, Anna. Uh, my name is Kate. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be a counselor out at Camp Caroline this year. And um, I don't know, my counselors have always just had a really big impact on my life. So I think it'd be really cool for God to just use me in that way too. Thanks, Kate. So as we move to the benders, I will now mention that Sam, who couldn't be here once again this morning, um, not only graduated and not only is going to Briarcrest for a gap year, but is also serving as a counselor at Camp Caroline this summer. So we will bless him even in his absence. And so here's Annika. Um, I am the summer administrator at Camp Caroline this summer. Um, so that's dealing with all the like scheduling and office work, um, running the camp store, but then also doing the volunteer coordinating like I did last year. So if any of you guys want to volunteer, come see me. <laughs> um, but I'm doing that because I really believe in the ministry of Camp Caroline and that like kids get to know Jesus there, whether it's their first time meeting him, whether it's just a continuation of their relationship with him, or whether it's like developing leaders that we have there. And so, um, I, yeah, I, I want to be involved in that. And someone has to do the scheduling, someone has to do the paperwork, and I'm happy for that to be me. So that's why I'm there. Uh, I'm Lydia. Uh, unlike them, I'm not a hired staff this summer, but I'll be doing a program from what I know. It's similar to the LTD that um, Jared and Jessica were mentioning. It's called LEAD. And to be honest, I don't know that much about it. Um, but I know Annika did it and she loved it. And it's just like, I think you go for a week and you do like more in depth getting to know, like studying and getting to know Jesus. And then a week of service around the camp. So that's kind of what I'll be doing. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing, guys. I'm going to invite Christina Bunny to come up and just pray a blessing over your summers, your service. May you go deeper with Jesus as you're serving him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we bring all of these young people before you, and James and Sam, who are not here. We pray a blessing on each one. Father, out at Caroline, as Annika does all the admin work and coordinating um, all of the volunteers, as Sam and Anna and Kate are working with children and helping with counseling and all of those things. Father, as Lydia does leadership training out at Caroline, as James and Jared and Jessica continue their leadership training at Gull Lake, Father, we pray that all of these will be formative experiences for them, that they will be drawn deeper into relationship with you that they would become the reflection of you um, to those around you, both staff, um, campers, and even parents, Father, who pick up and drop their kids off and who hear all the stories afterwards. Father, we pray that you would use them to draw people to you, to allow your love and light to shine through them. We commission them to bring your word and to show your love to campers and staff and parents. May their work this summer bring glory to you. 
and may they learn to hear you, to listen, to follow, to fall in love with you more, and to deepen their relationship. Thank you, Father, that you love us. Thank you that they have the opportunity to serve, and that we can pray for them, and that we can support them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just bef- Thank you, Christina. Just before I let you guys go, would you guys, um, if you're comfortable, would you stand with me? And would you extend a hand just as though you were laying on hands over them? Close your eyes and just say, we bless your faith in Jesus' name. We bless your faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated, please. Bless you guys. Thank you for your your testimonies and your service. Well done. Um, We had said that this Sunday was going to be a Sunday where we shared stories. And so um, Ralph reached out to me this week and said, "Um, I've got a story to share with you, Ben. He actually texted me and said, like, I need to share this story with you. When can we get together? Can I come over right now? He was pretty excited about what God was doing. And I said, I can't do it right now, but how about tomorrow? And he came to my house and just shared a, a cool story about how God's been at work in his life. So Ralph, would you come on up? It was a year ago that um, Ralph was up on this stage and along with Ellie and Marcus, just sharing about how God had been at work in each of their lives. And then Ralph was baptized here in our tank. And then we went to the the river and Marcus and Ellie were baptized. And so in in a sense, this is almost like a one-year update on what's been at work since, um, since the last time we heard you share a story. And and it's really cool. It, it's not all highs, right? But that's, that's part of the journey and, and meeting God both in the highs and the lows. And so Ralph's got a cool story. So bless you, Ralph. Thanks for reaching out and saying, hey, I'd like to encourage the congregation with a story of how God's been at work. Bless you. Thank you. I should have something to tie this. Here's <laughs> uh, First of all, I'd like to thank all of young people that came and stood up here. I admire your courage, your dedication, and your real encouragement to all of us here, especially me. I really struggled to uh, come up here and share this, this testimony because I have a big problem with pride. And <clears throat> As I realized that uh, something had happened when I was when I spoke at Annie Greta's eulogy, and I didn't want to come up because I didn't want my pride to get in the way of what the good Lord, the good works that the Lord had done. So this testimony is to honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because the words I'm about to to say wouldn't have been possible without him. Early this year, I was getting more and more frustrated, discouraged with just the way my life was going with the Lord. And I just started, you know, I can't do this. This isn't for me. And I'm done. I basically threw in the towel. And, you know, why, why is things going like I say things that don't come out the right way? I still think the same things. I still do the same things. Where's the Holy Spirit? I still go out and, and uh, I just felt like I wasn't doing anything right and I'm questioning everything the good deeds I'm doing, the giving that we're doing, the sharing, words that I would try and speak and to help, to discipline, just to give a good word, just didn't seem to come out right. I just felt like this just isn't working, Lord, I'm done. And where's the Holy Spirit? But two or three three weeks later, I got into a pretty good argument with somebody. 
And as well, afterwards, when we were, we'd left and gone our separate ways, and I'm, the thoughts that always start when I've had a bad day were just going through my head. And they just got worse and worse. And I went to bed that night, and one o'clock, two o'clock, five o'clock, and these words are still going through my head like crazy. And I finally said, Lord, please. Get these thoughts out of my head. Eight o'clock, I woke up, went and did my normal routine in the kitchen, went downstairs to read my daily devotion and try and pray. As soon as I walked into that bedroom and I turned the switch on, I just started to cry. And I cried and I cried. And I could just feel his presence there in that room. Two or three weeks later, uh, around the second week of May, Brenda, Joyce's sister-in-law, took a turn for the worse with her medical condition. And then Friday, or no, Monday on the 15th of May, we got word that my Annie Greta had a stroke on Mother's Day and uh, was going into palliative care. <clears throat> Immediately after I hung up the phone, a picture came into my mind. And it was really amazing. It wasn't only a picture, it was a picture with words. And it was of me as a young boy out on the farm, and it was with my Auntie Greta. Now, I was maybe seven or eight years old. That's a good 60 years ago. Well, give or take a decade. <laughs> the following week, on Tuesday, I believe the 23rd, we got word that Annie Greta had passed away peacefully and gone to be with the Lord. <clears throat> the next day, Dave, who's Annie Greta's youngest son, come over to the house and he said, Ralph, um, the family's got together and, and we would like you to do mom's eulogy. And I just looked at him and said, no. Why not? So I started listing off excuses, and, and all of a sudden it was just like a light got turned off, or a switch got turned off, and another one turned on. And I'm thinking, what are you saying? I'd be honored to do Annie Greta's eulogy. I'm going to be scared spitless, but no, I'll do it. So that night, I'm on my computer, and I'm Googling eulogy. Like, what goes in a eulogy? How long should a eulogy be? And then I'm writing down questions and ideas and words, and that was that for that night. And then the next morning, Thursday morning, I'm down in my computer room, and I'm doing my morning devotion, and Jesus just put a, put a verse right in front of me that just jumped right out at me. And it was, it was for Annie Greta's eulogy. So, the next day, Friday, I'm over at <clears throat> meeting with the family and going through with memories of Annie Greta and... Uh, Towards the end of the meeting, I asked Doug, who's Annie Greta's oldest son, if they were going to live stream the Annie Greta service. And he said, no. He said, uh, we talked about it with the funeral home, and we decided we didn't need it. So, yeah, we, we're not going to do it. And I said, okay. I said, uh, Sheldina and Canton were wanting to watch the service. And I said, I think... You know, a lot of Andy Greta's friends, if who couldn't make it or 
or can't go would really appreciate it if they could watch the service. So he said, okay. He said, I'll ask the funeral home the next time we get together. So I also mentioned there that I would like to give a brief testimony towards the end of Annie Greta's eulogy, if that was okay. And they said, yeah, no problem. That's, that's cool. So that night, I'm on my computer, and, and the words and the thoughts and the ideas are just coming into my head. And I already had the verse that the Lord had given me for the eulogies. I'm typing like crazy, and by the end of, towards later on in the evening, I've got a lot, lot of that eulogy already done. Now, Saturday, we got a, a phone call from Joyce's family and, and uh, telling us to get down to the Innisfail Hospital where Brenda had been admitted on the 18th. And they advised the families to get there and spend time with Brenda. She wasn't responsive and... Uh, Anyways, uh, about six o'clock that night, Brenda passed away to be with the Lord. Sunday, Doug phoned me and he said, Ralph, he said, you don't have to do this mom's eulogy if you don't want to. We, we totally understand. And I said, no, I'm going to do Annie Greta's eulogy. Friday, the 2nd of June, Annie Greta's celebration of life, I was amazed at how calm I was. I had no anxieties, no fear of messing up. And when I went up onto the stage to, to speak, I just felt comfortable. I didn't really need my notes. And I was looking at noticing people and friends and family in the, in the gathering as I was speaking. And then I remember saying the first, ver the first sentence of the last page of Annie Greta's eulogy. And something weird really happened. I don't remember anything after that. Now, I should say here that I had been sending Sheldina, my sister, the eulogies as I was working on them. And when I sent the final version, she phoned me and she said, Ralph, uh, I suggest we change the wording in the last, one of the last sentences. And she said, change it to follow her example because Annie Greta was always so loving and so kind and I said how about fruit of the spirit Sheldina said perfect put that in there and you're good to go so I put in all nine words describing fruit of the spirit then on the eulogy and as I was speaking and as I said I spoke the last, the first sentence of the last page, and everything just kind of went blank. I don't, there were six or seven sentences that were in that paragraph, and I, I vaguely remember saying, Jesus Christ, who is alive today. I vaguely remember saying that, and the rest of the sentences, and the one that Sheldina helped me with, I, I remembered nothing of it. I didn't even see anybody. I didn't even hear my own voice. It was like I was in another world. And then I remembered the last paragraph. As I went and sat down, I'm, I'm feeling pretty bad because I'm thinking, did I forget those six or seven sentences in that Annie Greta's eulogy? And as, as I went through the day and then the reception and people are coming up to me and they're thanking me and, and uh, congratulating me on Annie Greta's eulogy and 
I'm saying, those are the Lord's words. I was just a typist. And uh, I'm starting to think, what's going on? What happened? So this was bothering me over the days after Annie Greta's celebration of life. And I said, Lord, if you want me to share this testimony, you're going to have to give me some signs, one or two signs, because I don't want my pride getting in the way of what you did. So Sunday, I, last Sunday, well, Ben says, if anybody wants to give a testimony along with Dallas, you're welcome to come up and share. Well, to me, that was the first sign. The second sign was, Sheldina and I, we FaceTime every, every Tuesday morning. And Sheldina and Canton had been driving across Montreal to a friend's place. And when it came time for the service, I had told them that they were going to live stream the service. So Sheldina said they found a parking spot under a tree and sat in the car and listened to the service, watched the service. So in our FaceTime meeting, the first thing, of course, to come up was Annie Greta's eulogy and service. Sheldina said, you did a good job. And uh, I said, yeah, I was telling everybody that they were, that was God's words and I was just a typist. Sheldina said, good job. And, and then I said, sis, you know that wasn't me up there. I, I couldn't do something like that. And I'm still wondering if I really spoke those six or seven sentences in that paragraph on the last page, including the one that you helped me with. And she said, no, Ralph, you said everything you wanted to say. And she said, you're right, Ralph. That wasn't you up there speaking. That was the Holy Spirit. Thanks for sharing that story, Ralph. Stay here for a minute, okay? Yep. Let's, let's pull these threads together. You, you're going through a rough time wondering where the Spirit is. There is no way you want to do this eulogy. And so what God does is send you a picture to give you a nudge to say, yeah, I'll do it. You're scared out of your mind to do it and don't know what to say. And he sends you so many words for it that you fill up the page right away. Mm -hmm. And then you ask to share a testimony about Jesus in it to a group of people that not all of them know Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then as you're delivering it, God's giving you so many words that you're not even aware of what you're actually saying and doing. Yep. And then afterwards, he confirms that he did it all through your sister. That wasn't you. That was the Spirit. All in the middle of asking, where's the Holy Spirit? Yep. That's a good story. Right? Praise God. Thank you. God is good, isn't he? Kevin, would you like to come up and share about God being good in your life these days? Thanks. Thanks, Ralph, for sharing. Um, you're not alone on the pride front. Welcome to the club. We all deal with that. Um, that was just very moving. Thanks for sharing. Really spoke to me. Uh, most of you know, um, for the few that don't, uh, on February 11th, I developed a blood clot in my leg that was quite severe. I had them before a few times, and this, but this one was quite intense. And a lot of you were praying for me, and I really appreciate that. I want to thank you personally for that. So over the next three or so weeks, I really couldn't do anything. I just laid up on the couch or in bed. The only way I could kind of keep the pain somewhat moderated was have my leg horizontal or elevated. So I couldn't even sit in a chair, like as, as long as it was vertical, it, the pain got too intense. So if I had to go anywhere, I would 
take some Tylenol 3s about an hour before just to sort of take the edge off. And then Sarah would have to drive me. I, I never drove for a month. And then I'd have my leg up on the dash of the vehicle whenever we were going somewhere. And 23 days later, actually, I'll, I'll go back. A week after this happened, Ben and Joel Kadju and a fellow named Ola asked if they could come out and pray for me. And so they came out to our house, and there I'm laying on the couch with my leg up, and, and the three of them prayed for healing, that God would heal my leg. And it didn't happen that day. And so um, I, I wasn't upset. I wasn't questioning God's goodness. So I, no, I, I still trust. And so time went on, and 23 days after the blood clot developed, one, it was a Monday afternoon, about 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I, could, I felt like I could walk around. I was up in the kitchen. The kids were all excited. They said, Mom, Dad's walking around in the kitchen, which never happened. And it just like the pain disappeared within a short segment of time. And like Ralph, you talked about the switch going off. That's what it was for me. It's like the pain switch turned off. And so I'm thinking, oh, did... God heal my leg. I was, and then the questions run through my head. Well, is this natural progression of the healing process of our bodies, or was this divine intervention? Because if if I get a bruise on my arm, I pray for God to heal that bruise. Well, a week later, it's gone. Like, did God do that, or is that just is he is that through just the way our bodies uh, look after things? So these questions going on in my mind. The next morning, Tuesday morning, probably three, four, I wake up and I'm, and I'm praying and I'm asking God these questions. I said, God, did you heal my leg? Is that, is that you or is this just what was we expected to happen? And a couple nights earlier, we'd watched a movie with the kids and there was a verse that came out in there. It was um, Matthew 10, 32. It said, if you acknowledge me, if you acknowledge me before others, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven, Jesus speaking. And I just, as I was laying there praying, this verse just kept coming back and back to me. And not so much that in the sense that I wanted acknowledgement before God, but in the sense of proclaim to others what I have done, like to acknowledge me before others. And so I was laying there, I thought, okay, I've got to do that. I've got to tell people that God healed me, Christian or non-Christian. And um, as I started getting more active as I could walk around, then my legs started to swell up. And so my doctor sent me for an ultrasound a few days later and, and they, the results came back and they said the clot hadn't changed. It was just, it was the same as it had been. So then it, again, the thoughts came back. Okay, well, I never was healed, but the pain was gone. And it went from in a short period of time from an eight or nine out of 10 to a two or three out of 10. So then. I realized, okay, God gave me relief from the pain, which is probably what I'd prayed for more than anything because it was so uncomfortable. The next, even up until last Sunday, I've been telling people that whether they're believers or not, God gave me relief from the pain. He answered my prayers. And, and it's sometimes awkward. I don't look for those opportunities, but they come up and, in fact, last Sunday, we had a wrap-up party for Sam's volleyball team. And one of the tournaments happened when this was on, and so it was at Hunting Hills. I'm laying on the floor watching Sam play, and the rest of the crowd is sitting down or whatever. And, and so everybody on the team, all the other parents knew, and one of the dads asked me last Sunday, how's, how's your leg, you know, or, or what, what happened? Like, it was just an open door, and I said, like, i got to tell him. And I said, I don't know what you believe, but said, I was, I've been praying. I believe that God hears and answers our prayers. And I said, he gave me relief from the pain. I said, the clod is still there. It hadn't changed, but the pain disappeared. And oh, and he was kind of interested. And I don't know where that's going to go. I've had a number of opportunities. I think at least half a dozen people that don't know Jesus yet, that I've been able to say, this is what he did for me. And I don't know what the long term is going to be that I, I just wear a compression sock on this leg now to keep the swelling down, but I'm, I'm not in any pain. Like the pain is a one out of 10. And so it's, it's an answer to prayer. I'm going to keep proclaiming what God's done. And it's, 
Yeah, it's where I'm at right now. So again, I really thank you all for your prayers. I really believe that God answered that. And, and we'll see if maybe this is my thorn in the flesh. I don't know, but I'm, I'm happy. I'm enjoying life and I can function as I mostly did before. Amen. Thank you, Kevin. Yes. We're not, we're not thinking Kevin, really. We're, we're blessing God because you, did you see what Kevin did there? He took something God did and turned it into an opportunity to give God glory by sharing about what God has done for him to other people. Are there others here who want to take an opportunity to share what God has done for you, how he has worked in your life recently, and just sort of a, a 10 second, 20 second, 30 second testimony of here's how God's been at work in my life. And I want to do this same thing in order to bless him and bless others in the room. Any? Christina. A um, couple little things tends to be more with kids and things going on. Many of you know that in the summer of 2021, um, Mima broke her femur playing um, rugby, ended up with fat embolism in her lungs and brain, it was on a ventilator for 12 days. Um, the doctors were not sure whether she was going to live or die. Um, and they kind of, yeah. So basically kind of going through that in the Foothills Hospital for that summer um, was rather intense, to, to say the least. Um, but being surrounded by people across the country praying um, and seeing visions of people praying and God moving me to stand and put my hand in places on Mima as I found out later people were praying for those specific things. Um, it's kind of, yeah, kind of brought some stuff together. Um, but on all of this to kind of come back to say Mima's in Edmonton doing things, um, went back to rugby this season. And so I watched her actually play rugby Friday night. Is it Friday, Jessica? We went? Yeah, Friday night. Um, and so her first quarter was hesitant as she got tackled on her leg. <laughs> you could see her face. And, but the confidence as she was going through that game um, that you see, yes, her body, her body has been healed. Um, and so now her mind and spirit are kind of coming through kind of the trauma of that and kind of coming back to kind of main level of that. Um, the second one, um, at the beginning of April, Jared dislocated his shoulder playing football, um, tackle, it went down straight out. We spent several hours in Emerge up at, uh, St. Albert, cause that's where he was playing. Um, and they managed to put it back in. He did some physio, um, those kinds of things is now set up with just a physical recovery program to strengthen a shoulder for football in the fall. But the physiotherapist, um, Basically looking at his shoulder, there was no surgery required. It hadn't, hadn't been rotated. Nothing was torn. It dropped straight down. It went straight back in. And it's the best shoulder dislocation recovery that he has ever seen in all of his years of um, physiotherapy. So two different things for two different kids at different times. And Jessica managed her entire rugby season with one sprained finger. So there we go. <laughs> Wow. Thank you, Christina. That's very cool. <laughs> the next time we have people coming forward to ask for physical healing, I'm going to be looking at you for visions of where to pray. Wow. That's cool. Other stories, anything, any testimony that you want to share? Rita? My phone sits in my purse, but I've got some things on it now. I'm learning how to use it. <laughs> and I just wanted to read just a little something to encourage. Thank <laughs> you. 
story. Uh, I, I don't want to look for it and waste your time, but I'll just kind of say what the poem said. And um, it was just a little blessing that um, our children come in packages and they're unmarked envelopes and they're like seeds. And we have no idea uh, what they will turn out to be and um, what kind of flowers will bloom. But we put them in the sun and we nurture them and we give them their roots and we give them um, the nurturing that they need. And I think of the Kadus and how the senior Kadus prayed for their wayward son. And a nice hockey team decided to adopt him. And the whole Kadu family's life changed, but they didn't stop praying. And it feels like just a few days ago that Joel and Sandra were down at the Red Deer River getting baptized. And I know it's because those parents prayed faithfully, even when they had no hope at times. And I think of a dear lady who attended this church and is now with Jesus. And she prayed for her wayward son. And his aunt prayed for the wayward son. And I think she was allowed to go to heaven now because her prayers were answered. And so I just want to encourage all of you. You don't know what will happen with your little kids. Some of you have big kids who aren't walking with Jesus. But don't stop praying for them. And don't give up. Because we have people with us who are witnesses of faithful prayers. And sometimes we think God doesn't hear, but he has his time and his ways. And they're not our ways. And sometimes we wonder why years would be wasted. But it's his plan and it's his um, allotment of um, courage and um, patience on the part of parents to trust the Lord with their most precious possessions. Thank you, Rita. If, if, if this place is not a place for lost people to come home, I don't know what the point is, right? We, we see lost people come home. Ralph's, Ralph's a living example of that, right? So is Joel. We bless you. Marcus, will you come up and share your little story? This is a very, very short story, very different than what we've been sharing. But what happened to you? Uh, so we were going to a friend's house, and um, I was going to rollerblade there, but mom and dad weren't home or something so I couldn't find the safety gear so I just wore a helmet instead of like guards and as I was driving like rollerblading home there was like an alley with a pebbles and my rollerblades got caught in it and I fell and then I felt God like catch me and put me back on my feet and then I promised him I would wear my safety gear next time no joke God does stuff like that. Not all the time. He had a concussion a couple of years ago. He was running on our treadmill and, and fell and you know, badly, badly scraped and bruised and concussion as a result of falling off a treadmill. Why God didn't catch him then, yet caught him this time, I have no idea, but I bless the Lord for his divine intervention. You know, so often we, God gets the blame in our culture for the things that go wrong and so rarely gets the credit for the things that go right. And that's an example of it. Yeah, pretty cool. Anyone else? Um, mine, my year hasn't really been a lot about physical healing, but um, 
yeah, for probably the past year and a bit, I just kind of felt like there was this wall with God that kind of kept going up and down. Um, and I didn't really know why. And I don't know if you remember this, Marcus, but one day we were in our room and Marcus was like, you can see God if you just close your eyes. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And so you led me through, you were like, okay, I'm just going to do this. So close your eyes, mom. And you just like asked Jesus like to show you something. And uh, he did. He showed me a picture of him. And uh, it was related to something that I had like been asking in my heart, but not really actually verbalizing for years, but something that I was just really struggling with. And he showed me this like beautiful image where he actually answered what I had been struggling with for so long um, in this beautiful image. And uh, I shared that with Ben. And I was like, you know, it's, it's amazing how even though God, like, even though I had not actually talked to Ben about it or even really asked God about it, he knew that, like, my heart needed that healing and that my heart needed that answer. And so he actually showed me this beautiful image of him. Um, and then Ben said, you know what? You, you really need to think about inner healing. Um, and inner healing has lots of, of components to it. Um, so I did some inner healing with Ben because um, I was like, you know what? I'm a little bit of a control freak and I feel like I can't really, I don't really know if I can just like talk about everything to people I don't know or even more scary for me, like people that I kind of know but don't know really well. And Ben, I, so I said to Ben, can you just do the inner healing with me? And he's like, yep. So I did some inner healing with him. And I just really felt like this wall kept going up and down where like I felt like my intimacy with God was really close. And then all of a sudden I felt really far from God and I could not figure it out. And then I was chatting with a friend about inner healing and uh, just really feeling like so much of her pain Jesus could free her from. And so I, I reached out to Sandra and I said like, can you just chat with me? Um, I'm just gonna like share with you about my friend. And we did chat about my friend, but a lot of it ended up actually being about me. And I was talking to her about this wall going up and down, up and down. And then I get this text from Sandra that says, I think you need to come back for some more inner healing with Kristen and I. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So I came um, and I was nervous for sure, because this is the thing that I was trying to avoid by asking Ben instead. Um, and then I remember vividly sitting there with you guys and uh, you just said like i know what god wants to heal you from and you like the one thing that just didn't happen in the session with ben it just didn't really cross our minds and it wasn't brought up and or maybe it wasn't the time i don't know but i remember you saying like this is where jesus wants to heal you and i remember just sobbing and like breaking and um i remember how God just spoke and, and freed me from the lies that I had been telling myself and the guilt that I had been feeling. Um, and so for me, um, although I don't feel like there's been a lot of like physical things in our family or with me that I've needed healing from, I think this year has been just a year where I have really felt um, that I have been freed from some of that inside stuff, you know, the stuff that's really hard, that, that really impacts our intimacy with God. And so um, it has been a really good year of realigning myself with God and be going deeper with him and not um, believing and feeding into the lies that Satan tells us about our worthiness or the guilt or the shame and actually being free from that. And now when those things come back, just saying, no, God, God forgave me from that. God told me that that's done. And I actually don't need to live in bondage with that anymore. So for me, it's just been so powerful. And um, I've been able to join them with, um, for a couple inner healing sessions with other people, both from the church and, and from people who have driven like three and four hours away. And um, the inner healing that I get, have been able to experience by watching other people go through it has been the most incredible experience I've ever had. And it's incredible how as you're journeying with other people who are experiencing their own inner healing and deliverance, your relationship with Jesus just becomes that much deeper and that much stronger. So it has been a really incredible year. And um, yeah, if you, if that's something that's 
that's for you, then um, we have a team that, that works and other churches have other teams too, but it has been really cool. So thank you. Um, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to say. I was sitting there and I was, I was thinking that if, if Ben opens up the floor, I'm supposed to say something. So, um, every, uh, every Monday morning, there's a bunch of us dads, husbands, we get together and, and we pray. Um, we pray for our families, our kids, for the church. And, um, it's just a really great way to start the week getting together and, and praying. And, um, and, and I think just, just maybe, maybe it's a word for the dads that just like life is tough. We're trying to be good husbands. We're trying to be good dads. Our kids are growing up. We got work, got everything else going on. But I think God just really wants to encourage us today as dads and fathers and husbands that he's, he's got us. Um, we don't have to worry. I think, I think that's what he's telling me. This is God's got you dads. So. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> Don't blow that off. Um, I opened it up. I opened up the floor, and I wasn't asking for prophecy. I was asking for testimonies. But God nudged Jamie to say something. So if God nudged Jamie to say something, it's because you and I need to hear it. Dallas, would you come up and share your story? been looking forward to hearing this one. Dallas and I, uh, I got a text from Dallas, which made me cry um, a couple of weeks ago. And she said, would you, would you come and meet with me to, to talk about baptism? And I sat down with Dallas and with Joel and Sandra, and I asked her for some of her understanding of baptism. And essentially what she gave me is what I'm telling you. And I, I make sure that people know this before they go through baptism, because baptism is, baptism is not simply your next step. Baptism is the last step. It, it is a death to self. It, it is being buried with Christ. It is no longer I who live. I'm giving up my rights. It's death to self, and it is being raised to new life in Christ. It's, it's new birth. And at that new birth, there is a wedding. So it's a funeral, it's a new birth, and it is a wedding. And it's a wedding in the sense of this is a lifelong commitment to Jesus. And Dallas and I talked about that. And I know that she knows that, and she told me this, and that's why she is here this morning. So Dallas, we look forward to hearing your story. Okay, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Dallas Kadju. I'm the daughter of Joel and Sandra and have been attending Unity with my family since I was born. So obviously I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up attending church weekly and going to Sunday school and youth group. Although I always believed in God and told people I was a Christian, I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus. When I was in my later years of high school was when I started straying further and further from God. I started believing lies from the enemy about myself, which led me to struggle with my mental health. I started walking down a dark path, doing things to numb how I was feeling that ultimately only made things worse. I was looking for comfort in worldly things, things with only temporary pressure or pleasure and spiritual consequences in the end. At this time in my life, I didn't want to hear about God, didn't want to talk to him and didn't really think he would want to talk to me. I was pushing him away as my mind was filled with the doubt that he could fill me, that he could heal me better than I could on my own. A theme in my life at this time was feeling alone. People in my life knew I was struggling, but nobody knew the full extent to it. I felt like I couldn't tell anyone what I was going through. Therefore, the feeling of loneliness was overwhelming me. This past December, I had the urge to pray for God to take anything out of my life that wasn't from him. It was kind of a miracle that I even wanted to pray in the first place, but even more of a miracle what God did in my life after. Almost immediately after I prayed that prayer, God took a long-term relationship that was becoming unhealthy out of my life. 
I'll be honest, at first I was kind of mad that that's what God chose to do, but it was honestly a turning point in my life, and I would not be standing here today if it never happened. Sometimes we cling on to things that we know deep down are not in God's plan for us because we are too scared to let them go and give our trust to God. But I can tell you from my experience, if you let go, God can do amazing things. God started working in my life, and I felt a longing in my heart for Jesus that I had never felt before in my life. I wanted to come to church. I was excited to pray and related to the lyrics of worship songs. I finally allowed myself to feel the love of God. Jesus became someone that I knew of to my friend. On Easter Sunday, my family went out of town and I stayed home to work. I decided to come to church by myself, something I would have never done less than a year ago. I remember on my drive home, I felt so much joy, a joy I had never felt from things in the world. This joy was from God. It felt like Jesus was in my passenger seat beside me. And for the first time in my life, I felt God telling me something. He reminded me of the nights I spent alone in my room, crying and feeling hopeless. I felt so clearly him telling me that, he, that I was never alone. He was with me in my darkest nights, and even though I used to have my doubts, he was going to heal my heart. Not long after that, I felt God leading me to YWAM. If you know me, you know how much I like my own routines and how homesick I get. So my parents were pretty surprised to hear this, but very excited. I remember when my brother Noah was leaving for YWAM two years ago, my dad would joke with me and say, that will be you soon. And I would say, no, it won't. Us both knowing that it would be very out of my character back then. But God works wonders. And although I'm nervous, I'm excited to go to Kona. I'm excited to get closer with God and spread his word with new people. I'm ready to learn all that he will show me. And I think this will be a life-changing step in my walk with Jesus. But I might start crying if I think about not seeing my dog or hanging out with my best friend for six months. When I talked to Ben about baptism and he asked me if I had a song I would like played, I chose Oceans. This song has a lot of meaning to me as I feel God speaks to me through songs a lot. Oceans used to make me very sad. It was one of my grandma's favorite songs to listen to while she was battling cancer about nine years ago, and she chose to have it played at her funeral. Now I find comfort in the song and it makes me smile knowing that me and my grandma shared the same love for it. The lyrics, spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me are my favorite because I think of them whenever I get nervous about listening to God's calling for me about YWAM. Getting baptized today is the next step in me or a next step for me in my walk with the Lord. As Ben says, it's a wedding and a funeral. It's a public declaration of me giving my life fully to Jesus and I'm definitely ready for that. It's a funeral of my old life, the one without Jesus, which I will never turn back to. Um, and I wrote this. This has been kind of like on my heart. And then Rita said something that was like really close. So, um, yeah, if there's one thing I want anyone to take away from my testimony, it's to keep praying for those people. Keep praying for the lost people in your life who you think will never find Jesus. My story is proof that God can turn people around and the prayers of his people work because I know people were praying for me. My mom even told me that in the years I was struggling, she would stand outside my... If I'm, if I'm crying, just look at my mom. She's probably crying more, so it's not as embarrassing. <laughs> Um, she would just stand outside my bedroom door at night and just pray that I would be okay. Whether I was in my room at the time or not, she would just speak the name of Jesus over my room. The world lies to us. The world holds empty promises and tries to pull you in. I never wanted to give up my lifestyle be before as I felt like it could fulfill me. But after feeling the joy of having a personal relationship with Jesus and knowing I can feel this peace forever, I never want to go back. Sometimes it's hard living for Jesus in this world with people that live for the world, but it's the most rewarding. When my friends ask for my advice now, I don't know how to help them without bringing up God. Jesus truly saved me the day I decided to open up my heart to him. I am ready and excited for this next step in my final walk with the Lord. The last step, Ben. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you, Dallas. Thank you, Dallas. Um, what I noticed about her, her testimony and, and what she shared, um, you know, as she linked it with what Rita said, um, I just want to acknowledge that what's happening in Dallas and what's happening as people have come up on the stage has so much to do with those who have gone before us. And so faithful prayers over generations, right, by by. Kaju parents and grandparents, by people like Rita, by Redicops and and McLarens, and we we stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before us, and they they have they have been faithfully leading us along the way, and so we just we honor and bless those. You know, Dallas quoted me, but I was as I picked the wedding and funeral and new birth, I got that from Rob or from Dennis. I'm not sure I was parroting someone else, but all that just to say. Um, we are not here simply because of our personal relationship with Jesus. We are here because someone else had a personal relationship with Jesus first. Okay. I'm going to invite Megan to come up and we're going to sing Oceans. Lord Jesus Christ, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. And we thank you for the ways that you have been walking with us as a church, walking with previous generations, walking with the upcoming generation. We have heard young and slightly older this morning share testimony about how you are at work here, and we give you all the praise and glory and honor. Not to us, Lord, not to us, the psalmist says, but to your name be glory. So we bless you, Lord. Thank you so much. We worship you with this song, and we look forward to going down to the river and seeing you take Dallas into her next steps and last steps. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not going to pronounce a benediction because the service is going to continue down at the river, but I am going to ask a question. I want you to chew on it as we go down to the river. It comes out of Dallas's testimony. Will you pray the prayer that she prayed? Lord, will you take anything out of my life that is in the way? Chew on that as we go down because that's what we, the fruit of that question is the result of the river, okay? We are gonna see the answer to that question at the river. So will you come with us to the river? We're going to see Dallas get baptized and support her there and continue the worship service there. If you don't have directions, please come find me. It's the boat launch just next to the BMX park. Um, 56th Avenue is the street that you go down. Um, But remember, this is the north side of the river. Come see me if you need directions. We will see you at the river. Um, And please make your way there soon. We're going to get changed and then we're going to get down there. Okay. Thank you for being here. See you down there.